Hello, this is Marco Chesero. Hello, I'm Kevin from the Extra Mile Podcast and the Extra Mile Podcast Jeff Galloway Edition. Hi, I'm Juliana Hever, the plant-based dietitian. And I'm Ray Cronice. This is Mike Rallman from the Be Our Guest Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeff Galloway, and you are listening to the Run, Eat, Drink Podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink Podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. This is episode 117, where the podcast celebrates its birthday or anniversary. Potiversary. The potiversary, if you will. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Welcome to our show. So excited for this milestone. So happy you all could be here with us to celebrate. We are celebrating the fourth anniversary of podcasting in total, though it's really the third anniversary of us as a official show. Like being legit. Like, yeah, actually having a production schedule and, mm. and legitimately putting out episodes on a weekly basis as opposed to, think of the first year as like Batman year one. Batman year Batman one? Year Explain one. Explain this He to didn't me. have it all dialed in. He was running around in jeans <laughs> and a leather jacket and a ski mask, hiding his identity. And, you know, it took him a while to dial things in, get the Batmobile, a cape, you know, get it all together. Oh, okay. He had to put the gear together, kind of oh. like we had to put our studio together. We, we so did. We're the low-rent Batman of, of podcasting. Yeah. Low-rent. Well, we're not billionaires. So, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I get it. I got it. Welcome to today's show. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up on today's show, we recap some of our favorite running, eating, and drinking moments. We do. From the history of our podcast, because we asked out there on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter what you would want to hear. And we got, what are your favorite running, eating, and drinking moments? I mean, come on. Isn't it that simple? Well. <laughs> favorite people. But they also talked about what, what are some favorite people you've met, some, some great moments, and what is your plan for the future? Yeah. So. There's nothing simple about it. We've had, we no. have been to some amazing places. We've met wonderful people. Yes. We've had just some of the most incredible experiences over the last going on four years now that um simple to, to pick favorites it's really hard yeah, not so much but we're going to do our best we're gonna try we'll be here you know next week still recording this episode <laughs> recounting all of the moments that we've had from the past three or four years yeah <laughs> 
It is going to be yes. a longer episode. I promise it won't be that long of an episode. No. So this is going to be a great one for your long <laughs> run or your commute. Uh, so buckle up and get ready. Um, I do. I, I guess I can start the running portion of our show with a little bit of a running recap. Okay. So sure. um, this week has been kind of trying for me because I have had the worst ability to time my time off from work. Oh, or when the weather was permissive for me yeah. to get out and run. So I was going to come on the show and tell everybody here is how I finished my 30 K gauntlet challenge. Aww. And we are now, uh, this is now week two and I still haven't finished that dang challenge. You want to say something else? I do, but <laughs> we're family friendly. Yeah, and we are. And honestly, it's it's okay because yeah. I do still do have some stuff to report. Um, okay. I'm not going to get too deep into the numbers, okay. but I I did. I think I found that point that I had talked about um, when I started this. I said what I was going to do was do progressively faster intervals, and then find that point where the effort I put in became a diminishing return. Faster now, the run walk run ratios just got. You were trying lower ratios and lower ratios and lower ratios still. So correct. I started out doing a five fifty five, yeah. then a ten fifty, mm-hmm. ten seconds running, fifty seconds walking. Yeah, a fifteen forty five, uh, then a twenty forty. Mm. And when I did the twenty forty, that was the fourth run in the series. That seemed to be where I was having an issue. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's that that uh, one to two ratio. I, I have not really enjoyed that one too much in the past. It's a tough one, and I ended up actually a little bit slower than the fifteen forty five. And did it feel slower or feel tougher? That was a particularly bad run day for me. Mm. I, I ended up doing the run late in the afternoon. Oh. I I was just not feeling very energetic. Um, I felt pretty sluggish from the get-go. Oh, yeah. So I wasn't really happy with that run, and I hate it when I end a run and I, I'm ticked off. So yeah. I, I was like, all right, fine. And then I thought about it, and I said, well, do I want to do a 25-35 like I'd initially planned? Because mm. my ultimate goal was to get from 555 to 3030 yes. over the course of this 30 k challenge. One-to-one But when Ratio. I, I started to rethink that, and I thought, well, Okay, once I find that sticking point of of where the effort put in becomes a, a point of diminishing returns, maybe mm. that's my pain point or my training point where I need to be Oh, and spend more time there. So um, I ended up doing my next run, which we ran today. Uh, that would yeah. be the fifth out of the sixth series. You you had a longer training run. I yeah. I did that one, um, and I I did yet again. I did the twenty forty, yeah. so I stayed on that ratio, oh. and I ended up rather than being slower than the previous run, I ended up um, being a li- just a little bit faster by a That's few good. seconds. So that's got to feel good. It felt. Better. I feel like a big, huge butt is coming. Yeah, there's a big, huge butt. All so right. what I'm planning on doing is I'm going to stay at this ratio again, and I may stay at this ratio uh, for the foreseeable future. Okay. And what I'm, I'm thinking of doing is training at my pain point, because what I mm. want to do is I want to drive this this threshold. Um, well, I want to drive it up. I want to, I want to be faster at this sure. ratio. So. Yeah. 
I, I'm going to stick with this for a little bit and see how that improves. So mm-hmm. if anybody's wanting to train along with or do kind of what I'm doing, I am doing a 20-second run interval and a 40-second walk interval. It's a 1 to 2 ratio, so you could do a 10 to 20, uh, a 5 to 10, whatever. It would all be the same. It's just that, that ratio of running to walking time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of my report. And then okay. um, what I may do, uh, if I can get my last run in over the weekend, I'll mm-hmm. probably record a quick bite for everybody. Sure. Walk them all through. Here's here's exactly what happened. Okay, and and maybe give a little little extra content for everybody just to kind of see who was tagging along and and listening along for my science mm. experiment. Yeah. So that's the race update or running update for me um, for this week. Well, this week I can tell you mine's probably going to be shorter. I I'm revealing what's on the back of the medal. Ah. Because I I have finished the six. You have. Yes. So today was a long run, was a long run kind of day. And Jeff and I, uh, Jeff Galloway, my my coach, America's coach, the founder of the Run, Walk, Run method, he has sent me a schedule that says, okay, if Chicago Marathon happens, this is your schedule. If it doesn't, this is your schedule. So I was like, well... Do I do the three miles or do I do the six miles? Do I do what's there? I don't know. But I ended up saying, well, I should probably do the longer of the two just in case to keep the fitness level up. So that's what I did. Nice. Or like the endurance point yeah. there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And how did it, how did it feel? Well, you called yourself a slacker earlier in our Instagram live video. I was a slacker because I didn't get up early enough. Oh, me either. And so the sun was beating down, and it kind of drizzled a little bit in the middle, but I was just in for the miles, not really for the speed. I'm going to do some drills in the coming weeks, some cadence drills, some acceleration gliders, and some of the um, quarter-mile-type drills to, to get myself to be faster within the runs and the walks intervals sure the run walk intervals so that i can get to where i want to be regardless of the ratio that i choose not a bad idea so that's what i'm going to work on i'm going to work on the drills like you're going to work on living at that pain point yes Mm. that's for for me i'm going to do the drills that'll help me be more efficient no matter the ratio i choose and i will find the ratio that works that gets me where i need to be to achieve goals so that's my plan. Very nice. Yeah. One final uh, running update before we get into some of our favorite moments. We did get some communication from the <laughs> Chicago Marathon. and Did we, though? Uh, yeah. It was, it was communication that didn't communicate a whole lot. Um, they are still kind of in a holding pattern, planning for both holding the race and canceling the race at the same time. All at the same time. So we still don't know what our final race schedule for 2020 is going to look like. So as soon as we know kind of what's going on, we'll let you know unless we end up coming to a decision point uh, ahead of the, the, the organizers. So yes, regardless, we'll let you guys know what our plan is for that. 
And as of right now, I think the only race we're pretty certain on is Jeff Galloway's half marathon in December. December. He says he's working tirelessly with city officials, with public safety, with everybody to make sure that his race can go off as planned, mm-hmm. but under the auspices of what he needs to do to make it safe for of everybody. Course. Of and course. and speaking of Jeff, I would like to c- congratulate him for becoming a grandpa yet again. Oh, yeah, very nice. Yeah, Carissa had her baby this last week. Oh, well, so congratulations, Carissa, Weston, Jeff, and Barb. Congratulations to the entire Galloway family and on your new addition, your beautiful new addition in that boy, that baby boy. That's fantastic. Yes. And that just makes me feel all like the warm and fuzzies, kind of like on the back of the medal that you have, that you are closing in on earning, my friend. And it says, I love you 3,000. Oh. And that's how I feel about you. And such a great homage to the movie Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. And that was a very touching point or moment that ended up kind of coming back around uh, at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. So, well, or no, we're not going to spoil it. It's really, but, but nonetheless, it, it's of you know, significance. You'll love it. So yeah, it's it, the back of the medal is fantastic. This whole, the whole medal is great. Yeah. I will show off my bling i'll probably do a little instagram live or facebook live when i finish the last 5k and show everybody the the bling and all of that but yeah so i'm working towards it nice and slow if the weather permits we're actually as we are recording it is it has decided to storm yes so um if you hear that that's i hope we don't have a a power blink in the middle of all this indeed but we'll find out so (laughs) so so that's that's it for the running updates, but we wanted to kind of reminisce a little bit about uh, running moments yeah. from the last four years, yeah. uh, great food and beverage, yeah. and, uh, you know, kind of look a little look back over the last four years of podcasting, and or, or three years of podcasting and a year of getting ready to podcast. Like figuring it all out. Figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. So, running moments. Favorite running moments. Well, I, I think that if we're talking about favorite running moments, we mentioned it in our Instagram Live uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it before. Heck, we're even on record on another podcast, The Experiences You Should Have podcast. Yes. Talking about that, what our favorite race is or what is a must-do race for people. And that's, the, that's the Donna Marathon weekend or the Donna Marathon to end breast cancer that's hosted every February in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. I can't. I'm so, we are so lucky to do that race every year. Well, we are. And part of that's because it's only a five hour road trip for Mm -hmm. us. Yeah. But we're, we're really fortunate, you know, and that we've gotten to know, of course, Jeff Galloway being mm-hmm. our running coach, who's yes. one of the, the original organizers founders. and founders of the race. Mm-hmm. We had the opportunity to meet Donna Deegan, for whom the race is named. Uh, we've gone up there every year yeah. consistently, and that's one that we've said that we will repeat yeah. on the show. And that's 
partly because it has great emotional significance for us, having mm -hmm. lost my mother to breast cancer in 2016. Mm -hmm. So that's one that we like to return to every year. And what we've, at least what I love about it, is the fact that the um, you have the chance to run with people who are in various stages of of fighting breast cancer, whether it's they are survivors, they are mm -hmm. in treatment, mm -hmm. they are mourning and running a memoriam for somebody. And then the community comes together and is so supportive and adoptive of that race and the runners mm -hmm. that yeah. you basically for a half marathon or a marathon, it's a, it's a 13 to 26 mile long street party. Yes. For the whole time. I mean, that whole community adopts you. They seem so warm and so appreciative that you are running that race to support the Donna Foundation. And what I love about it is meeting the incredible people that we have had the chance to meet. Like you said, Jeff Galloway, Donna Deegan, Donna's doctor, Dr. Edith Perez from the Mayo Clinic, but also great people like Andy Sharp, Mike and Andy Sharp, and we never would have met them if we hadn't noticed their shirts that said Bouncy Hunters, and you love Star Wars, and you love the Mandalorian, you you love the bounty hunter type thing, and sure. it just and their shirt. We we said when we were on the the initial warm up five k, the social shakeout run that kicks off that weekend every year. We've got to talk to them about their shirts. Their shirts are awesome, and it turned out to have nothing to do with Star Wars. No, I mean they happened to borrow a font. Yeah, that was about it. I mean, and it's a play on words, but it's yeah. really all about. The you know raising money for breast mm -hmm. cancer research yes. and it, the the group the bouncy hunters created by Mike and Andy is is mostly though not exclusively uh, doctors and support personnel and nurses from the Mayo Clinic like because Andy is an ER doctor right and it, it she is also a breast cancer survivor. And a race winner. And a race winner. She wins the survivor division of the Donna Marathon every time she participates. I believe this past year she was injured, so she could not. Yes. But every year she wins that division. And that's not why I love her so much, though. I love her because she surrounds herself with great people and she connects great people. And this past year, she led us to interview Angela Spazito, who is a breast cancer survivor herself, a mother to two young girls. And she had an amazing story to share. And as a result of overcoming that, of surviving that, she left a job in the financial sector to take a job as a nurse because of the medical staff and the nurses and the doctors that had had an impact on her during her treatment. Yeah, life-changing in so many ways. And, and her finding some inspiration from all of that is just yeah. an incredible story. And we had the pleasure of sitting down with her and interviewing her and 
you know, she took time to, to out of her day. Yeah. And it was in the, we did the interview in the, in the runner's village yes. with quite a lot of activity going on around us. And yeah. she had her daughters and toe and, and her sister and her sister yep. and all that. And they were just so sweet to, oh. to give us time. And, and it was just a, a fantastic opportunity to meet somebody who's just got an amazing story to tell. And Andy Sharp is directly responsible for connecting us to Angela, meeting Angela. And Andy is so supportive of all the families and all the people who are battling this disease. Absolutely. And uh, we and we've met up with Andy. We met up with her at Gasparilla. Yep. 3 weeks later, the first year we met her, and we have become just such great friends and looking out for each other and checking in with each other, even though we live five, six hours apart. Right. It, I believe, I mean, we would be right there and do anything for her, and I'm, I'm sure she would do the same. And oh, yeah. you just running that kind of race. Amy's getting, getting emotional here. This is not going to be a crying-free episode. I should have prefaced that when we started out. Amy was crying on our uh, Instagram live <laughs> earlier. And now she's laughing. Um, but sorry, yeah, you know, it is. It's a, you. You get to connect with people, and and you know, and, it makes me and feel make so friends lucky. and build bonds. And you, you find that in the running community, you, you don't find a more supportive group than fellow runners, and, and it's just been amazing and to. Donald is so significant because of that and also because this past year it was one of the last it was the last race we traveled to before all of this happened all of the uh, cancellations of the races and everything but that's where we also got to take a picture with James Gray absolutely and he is the very first person who supported the show through Patreon yes and just without even us doing anything. No, well, we hadn't even gotten ready at that point. Yeah. We 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 had created it and kind of let it sit because we weren't really ready to launch yet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I get ding. You have a patron. What? Yeah. So yeah, that was that was pretty incredible. And all of that is tied to that weekend. So that's why I get so emotional about it. Yeah. I love that weekend. And that weekend has a tendency to do it to you anyway. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, 45-year-old, you know, you know, big burly guy running down the road. And, you know, I'm looking at the shirts and I see survivor shirts and memorial shirts. And I think about my mom and I start crying. And then you see some, you know, guys wearing styrofoam boobs and, you know, beads from pink beads and you're laughing and then you know you run take a turn get on a neighborhood and you're being handed a mimosa a beer and a, a, beer and a bloody, bloody mary. mary and uh, i mean it's just it's a crazy roller coaster of emotions but yeah. it's the best weekend for running i can think of so yeah i am in agreement that's a that's a fantastic one for us yes i have another one that i i'll uh, talk about and okay. it's, it's a much smaller race it's a much less um complex uh, events, but uh, I think a, a community feel and a, a group of people that adopted us was the folks that put on the Jogging for Frogman oh. 5K in yes. Louisville, Kentucky. That was so great. We had the opportunity to go there um, two years ago, 
and mm. it was probably one of the best 5K events we've ever been to. The uh, The race supports the families of members of the Naval Special Warfare Unit, a.k.a. Navy SEALs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, this is supporting families that are going to be separated for months at a time. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, on the occasion where you may have um, a soldier that doesn't make it back from a deployment, um, you know, they are... are a close-knit group because you're talking about, you know, elite warriors, mm -hmm. the elite of the elites, and, yeah. you know, their families are the, the support system for them when they come back stateside. And that there is an organization that has come together that is supporting these families and helping them, I think is just fantastic. And mm. we went up there and we, we ran this race and we, you know, we get there and they had just, you know, great events and a silent awe or great items in a silent auction. Mm -hmm. You know, they had, uh, you know, like a, uh, SOG Tomahawk. They had a, um, bourbon barrel that mm -hmm. you could actually get they, yeah. they had just all this amazing stuff <laughs> then you know we got to talking with the some of the organizers and they found out that we came up from florida to run it and then they were like oh my gosh they were so excited to have us and you know we're very giving of their time to talk yes. about why they do this mm -hmm. and and the the event was just it was kind of like we we crashed a family picnic was kind of the yeah, feel, that, but, then, yeah. but then they kind of welcomed you in, so it was okay. But they, um, you know, and at the end they had Mission Barbecue, which oh. is, while it is a chain, and we don't do a lot of chains on our show, they are one that we have done because their product is fantastic. Yes. And, Indeed. you know, they, they tend to support police, fire, EMS, and military. Yep. Um, that's that's kind of part of their mission and their founding. And, yeah. And they were there feeding everybody and mm. it was just a great time. And of course we were surrounded or that, that race was the, the cornerstone of our weekend there where we were there to sample delicious food and beverage in the area. And mm -hmm. Louisville has no shortage of either. So, oh my goodness. but that jogging for frogman 5k is an event that's held nationwide. Yeah. There are a number of those events in communities throughout the country, different and, cities. And I would highly recommend going to check out one of those that might be near you. If you're looking for a great 5k event to support a great cause for sure, and meet some of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. Yeah, that is true. So Donna, the jogging for Frogman 5K. It didn't matter the distance. It doesn't matter the size of the race. Those two are just so near and dear to our hearts. Mm -hmm. And I, I love them. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention America's coach and his race. Because that is one that is very special to me. His race has gone through a rebranding. And I think it's now called the... Uh, Northside Orthopedic Hospital Half Marathon Weekend. Powered by Jeff Galloway. Powered by Jeff Galloway. It started out as the, the Jeff Galloway Half Marathon Weekend and has gone through um, a great partnership in the past year mm -hmm. with that hospital. But this weekend brings me to Atlanta to spending time with Jeff Galloway, who's given us so much all right, she's crying again, so I'm going to jump in here. 
aside from the fact it gives us an excuse to go back to Atlanta where I lived for seven years. Uh, I went to college at Emory and then our first year of marriage, we were up there and then we decided that, you know, Atlanta didn't have hot enough summers, so we needed oh, to come course. back to Florida. Naturally. <laughs> so, we need more humidity in our lives. Yes. So it, it is a great excuse to go back up there. And that weekend is a 5K on Saturday, yeah. a half marathon on Sunday. Yeah. The 5K is Barb's 5K, named for his beautiful wife, who Barbara. is there greeting you at the beginning and at the end. Yes. And running the race with us. Oh. Yes. Um, the post-race party for the 5K is... Oh, that's one a, of my favorites. ...at a fantastic brewery that is literally yeah. uh, just up a hill adjacent to Piedmont Park where the 5K takes place. Yeah. And that's Orpheus Brewing. Love them. They're great people. And, and Atlanta, being just an amazing city, has such an incredible food and beverage scene oh that that we could literally go every year and do something different every time and we'll never repeat a location yeah before um or when we come back you know to do the show right i this this i seat in the running portion of our show yes because it's connected to my coach because in the history of our show, that is the race where I have the I have had the lowest of lows and the highest of highs in terms of covering that half marathon distance. Yeah, you had a really bad spill a couple of years ago. Um, part of that race uh, on the half marathon, you mm -hmm. you're doing a, a good portion of it on city streets, mm -hmm. and or the overwhelming majority of it on on city streets. And, oh yeah, and you know. Paved surfaces are great, but potholes happen, and yeah. and sometimes you, oh, you don't happy. see one or you miss it for whatever reason. And you, yeah. she rolled her ankle. Um, it was bad. I wasn't convinced it wasn't broken when it was when bad. you did it, and uh, and I felt so stupid. Well, I, <laughs> for doing it. But you know what? I will be willing to bet that there are. Every runner listening to the show has probably had a, a spill at one time or another while running. Oh, I'm sure. And, you know, it happens. But that happened before the mile one marker. Yeah. Hadn't even hit a mile. And no. there I am. And I'm thinking, am I going to be able to finish this? Is Jeff still going to be at the finish line for me if it's going to take me close to five hours to finish this thing because of what I've done? And you took photographs and, and footage all along the way. I mean, and my ankle just kept getting bigger and bigger and I kept getting slower and slower, but he was still there at the end. Yeah. And I made it to the end. You did. And it was so great for him to come onto the course in that last 10th of a mile and put his arm around me and walk me in. Yep. With you filming the whole thing. And, it was just, it was one where we had to persevere because I know you hate being on the course any more than four hours. Yeah, that's, that's a polite way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> like you're like, let's get it done. I start anger running after three and a half hours, yeah. and at four hours, I'm about ready to call an Uber no matter what. It's and that's even in training runs, but yeah, of course. But it, but you were so patient, and he was so wonderful. At the end, 
I, I just, I remember that it's being one of the hardest races. Well, no, to be clear, I wasn't anger running on that one. I was I more, I was more concerned that you had fractured your ankle yeah. and that you were just destroying it with that run. But, and, but she was yeah. like, I am not quitting. He's there. He's at okay. the end. I have to get there. I have to see him. And he was there and I saw him, but the, the greatest thing was that we got to cover that on the show one year, and then we returned the next year, mm-hmm. and I got a PR. Yeah, not just a not just a, a better race than she did the year before, but an actual PR for half marathon. And that's where you learned that you really thrive in cooler weather running. Oh, yeah. Because that was for a, sure. that race typically is about 28 degrees at the start. Uh-huh. Um, it might warm up to the upper 30s, 40s. mid 40s. Yeah. It's a chilly one. And that yeah. that particular year, I want to say we had some rain. We had rain, boy, howdy, because we both had those blue ponchos. The blue ponchos. On. That was the blue poncho. You see year. all the race photographs. If you go back and you look at like the photo gallery and the. And the artwork and the episode and everything, you, we had the blue ponchos on. We had, I, I, I think I had a rain jacket on underneath so that I would have layers to protect from the cold. Right. And you said you, you spent a large part of the race catching up to me. I did. And you even stopped for coffee for both of us. Oh, yeah. I made mistakes were made on that race. I thought, oh, I'll go grab some hot <laughs> coffee because it's freezing. Yeah. And I will run this hot, said hot coffee up to Amy and catch yeah. up to her. And there's, sure. a, there's a coffee shop that's open on the Atlanta Beltline, which mm-hmm. is a linear park. Mm. I popped in there, got coffee, start running, and I really overestimated what a smooth runner I am. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I am, I run kind of like a brick does. I just, it's, it's not, uh, graceful or pretty, but uh, you know, it gets the job done. Yeah. And I was just spilling this coffee all over the place. I'm like, okay, this was it's a not horrible happening. idea. It's not happening. So, you know, that ended up yeah. creating a problem where I, I was having a hard time catching up to you. And then of course, once you get off the belt line, yeah. the, the first or the next couple of miles that takes you, uh, Mile seven and eight basically yeah. are all uh, gradually uphill as you go through the Virginia Highlands. Oh my gosh, yes. A section of Atlanta. And then you don't really get to any downhill until you are heading to mile nine. And that takes yeah. you back around the perimeter of, of Piedmont, Piedmont Park. Park. And only half of that is downhill. The other half is uphill. Oh, yeah. Whoa, so, boy. So it, it, you know, it was catching up to you because I had made those logistical errors mm. and then of course the terrain on top of that but and the rain and i'm i don't know that i thrive in in cold weather running i i think that i'm just kind of like i'm the kind of runner who just likes it to be nice <laughs> like san diego like, california yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like 72 degrees and sunny with uh, a little slight breeze that's oh. all that's what i where i thrive oh. that's well, my comfort zone I was so happy that you caught up to me in the Virginia Highlands and that we got to do the Piedmont section and the the whole crossing the finish line together. And I, I believe I pegged our mic when I was screaming about this PR and the race announcer said, it looks like, ladies and gentlemen, that Amy has gotten a PR. Yep. And so I felt very much vindicated. 
I felt so positive, felt so good. Got to ring the bell at the end. Got to ring the bell at the end, and that was fantastic. And I got to celebrate it with my coach. Yeah. So, and my running partner. Yeah. And that that was amazing. So that race, I have to highlight. Well, for I'm, sure. I'm going to mention um, a Disney race only because that is where it all started. And Disney does a phenomenal job with large race events. Um, The particular race I'm going to talk about is not one that's held anymore. Fingers crossed that it's coming back. I hope so. And that all of them are coming back. But um, soon we've, we started out doing or running with the, uh, the Disney wine and dine half marathon here in Orlando, Florida, we branched out and we, we have gone and done races on the West coast back when Disneyland was hosting races. And we started with the, uh, the Tinkerbell. We did. We did out there one year. And then when we found out that they were doing, uh, the Star Wars races, yeah. they were doing the light side races uh, here, or the dark side races here, the light side races out there. Before we even started the show. We did those. Yeah. But the one that really uh, captured our imagination, or we just enjoyed the most out of the Disney races, that all I, I, I would say all the Disney races that we've done, Yes. Uh, at least for me. Yeah. is the superhero or the superheroes half marathon weekend that was held at Disneyland in Anaheim, California. I agree. And specifically the last one that we did. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one where the theme of that race that year, uh, each year that the, the, the main theme was a yeah. different member of the Avengers. Yeah. And that year we did not one, not two, but three runs. Mm-hmm. We did the 5k, the 10k and the half. Oh Yeah. And the half marathon uh, that year was your favorite. It Black, was. Black Widow. Because of the Black Widow medal. Love it. And Love her. Of the medals that we've received from those, that might have been one of the coolest medals that they've done. The it medal was awesome. itself was actually painted black. It had the red accent. Mm-hmm. The just attention to detail on it was fantastic. I loved it. And as far as organization goes as far as on course support goes mm-hmm. as far as um the the costuming for not only runners which is yeah. always awesome so to great see, but also <laughs> the the characters that disney provides on the races and yeah. the cosplaying residents nearby uh, indeed that come and support you yeah the superheroes half in anaheim was i think the best one that they've done I, lo- I loved before we jetted out of the park and we headed to Angel Stadium on that run. I, I loved that we saw characters from Guardians of the Galaxy Yeah, on that race. I so enjoyed that. And another key moment was trying to get to the Angel Stadium and trying to do the intervals and trying to stay ahead of the balloon ladies so that I wouldn't get picked up off the course at all. I loved the what is he a security guard or whatever it was coming from an underpass or an overpass and under that he i i asked how far ahead of the pacers we were and he gave us some kind of minutes i don't even remember and i said are those american minutes and he said no they're disney minutes 
because I was fully expecting him to say, yeah, they're like 30 seconds back. They're like 10 seconds back. You better go. But we were several minutes ahead of the balloon ladies or the pickup buses on the course. And I just thought that was so great that he just picked up right along with it and said, they're Disney minutes. Yeah. And that was just so cute. Yeah, the, the the staff there is always amazing. Um, you know, even with the the year that you ended up getting your knee scoped, yeah, we had already paid yeah. to go and do the, the the Disney light side out there, and we mm-hmm. just said, you know what, we've paid, we can't defer. It's the inaugural one. My gosh, we're gonna yeah. go, we're gonna do it, and you're gonna go as fast as you can and do what you can. Yeah, and and when you finally had to go, I'm I'm out, I'm done. And you weren't going to push to try to go past this next pickup point because you said, I know I'm going to get picked up. Yeah. And because my knee is just, just, you were only six weeks out from surgery at that yeah. point. Yeah. And, you know, when I announced to them, I said, hey, you know, she is, is pulling herself from the course. She just had surgery, you know, and then everybody applauded. It was everybody at a, the final water stop. Yeah. And you had a bunch of Disney staffers there, too. Yeah. And they were, and, and he just announced that, and they, it was like a finish line. It was like I had won a race. Yeah. It was so emotional, so great. And yes, while not finishing a race can be disappointing, I mean, come on. you How can you have any better experience no, after you, going through surgery? And you were at like mile, what, four, five. four or five? five. And, and, and you were like, you know what? I, and you knew. You're like, I've done all I can do. I can't keep up. Uh, the, the balloon ladies had already passed us. Yeah. It was... The point in the race where you head out of the park and you have to be on the roads and you have to be on pace. Right. And there was no way I was going to catch them. No. So why not enjoy that last water stop? And you were so amazing in telling them what had happened. And they were so wonderful in applauding and saying our names and just that it, it just made me feel like a winner. Yeah. And and again, that's not the Disney, um, that particular moment was at a Star Wars race, not the superhero race, but the superhero race in terms of the costuming, in oh. terms of the music, in terms of the um, the characters, uh, they just yeah. do such a great job. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of wore like a, a funny uh, Captain America mask and I had like a Frisbee sized shield, shield and yes. I'm getting pictures on the course with women dressed like 1950s Peggy Carter. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, they just, it was just a, a so much fun. And I was dressed as Black Widow. Yes, I had and the you, you, had the, 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 you had the Black Widow costume with the glowing piping. Mm-hmm, yeah. That year. And then I also had a costume that had the jacket. So I alternated between them in the race weekend, and that was just, I mean, there's there's nothing like running through a Disney park when it's closed and it's dark. Right. It's that, and all the characters there, but also, like you said, on the course when you get outside the park. Sure. Just fantastic cosplay from fellow runners and just people in neighborhoods, and that that's an amazing race experience overall out there in California. I really hope they bring those races back. Hope they bring those back, and I hope that uh, Disney brings the yeah. the races back here in Orlando as well. Yes. So. 
Here's hoping. Yeah. Do we want to so, do, do we want to do another race or do we want to move on to the food section? We can go to the food section because I'm already getting hungry. Talking yeah, about I'm this. hungry too. Woohoo! Well, I know that in our very first episode, I mean, we started off really strong on so this strong. show with, so strong. with the food section, and I, I I think that we're both in the of the same mindset that oh. we we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that uh, the very first food location we covered on the Running Drink podcast yeah. was the Columbia Restaurant in Tampa, Florida. Oh. Tampa, of course, is where I was born and raised, and the Columbia is special for me because that was a place that I went with my parents as a kid. So I had the opportunity of, of kind of growing up with the Columbia as something that we, we did numerous times. It is also very special to us as a married couple. Yes. Because it was one of the first times that we had a meal together before, just before we started dating. Yeah. Yes. And your your mother was so kind to me and, and invited me to your, that, that Christmas party for her workplace. Yes. That was held at the Columbia. And their food has been incredible Ugh. since 1905. And one of the best items on the menu at the Columbia restaurant that you can get is of all things, a salad. And the that, no, we are not saying that because we eat vegetarian six days. No, a week. the 1905 salad is far from, it's got salt and pepper and Worcestershire and it, Ham. Garlic, ham, cheese. Swiss cheese. It's made table side. The experience of the salad. It's got olives. It's got green olives. It's it's amazing. And all of their food is amazing. But to have that and be able to feature that and the Spanish bean soup and the Cuban. Yeah. I mean, you're talking traditional flavors of Tampa. Oh. Um the Columbia restaurant is woven into the, the, the food culture of Tampa in yeah. a way that very few other restaurants can really claim that they are. So For if sure. you are coming down to the Tampa Bay area, there are a number of, of Columbia locations now. The classic or the original is in Ybor City in Tampa, yes. uh, which is basically Tampa's version of Little Havana. Best yeah, way, best that's way I could true. describe yeah. it. Yeah. And, and it, that is a location that is absolutely worth going to for the historical significance, sure. but also the food, whether it's the 1905 salad, like you said, the Spanish mm -hmm. bean soup, the, um, the crab the, croquettes, the, the crab, the, the deviled crab croquettes, oh. the, uh, table side, um, they make a white sangria with yes. brandy. That is yes. absolutely incredible. Oh. And just, this, this is a, a location that we go to as often as we can. Yes. And fortunately, we're only two hours away from the from the original location. Mm, they have one in Sarasota. They have one in St. Augustine. They have one in or the Orlando area. Yes. And I celebration, I believe. cannot recommend it enough. No. Now, uh, if we're going to stay in Florida, I would say that there's a location in Key West that oh, comes to mind. Yes. Uh, this is a place that we discovered many years ago. I think kind of when they were just starting out, they, they, yeah. um, they've changed the concept a little bit over time, but the menu has only gotten better and better. Uh, and that's a location on Duval Street in Key West, and it's called 915, and that's because that's the address. 
the pasta. It, well, I mean, the setting is, it's like a classic house. Classic Key West construction. Key West two, house. Two-story construction. With that porch. Big wraparound porch on both levels. It, it screams Key West when you look at it. It the, does. The house is gorgeous in and of itself. It does. The then they, they converted it to a restaurant. Oh. And the pasta is incredible. Yeah, nine one five does cooked or made to order fresh pasta, mm. and they have probably one of the best um, pasta bolognese that I have ever had in my life. And they have like just a touch of cream, just a touch of cream dish. in that bolognese sauce. A bolognese sauce is yeah. traditional is a is a meat sauce, mm. and they do just a splash of cream in that. But the Fresh cut del pasta. So flavorful. Is incredible. Yeah, it, so. They don't overcook it. They they give you just this toothsome <sighs> bite that's perfect. Um, mm. You are so satisfied at the end of a meal there. But oh. then if you want to stick around and have cocktails and, oh, ma- yeah. and maybe some or some light fare, depending on which end of Duval you start on when you're doing your Duval crawl. For sure. You can, al- <laughs> you can always go to 915.5. Oh, that's true. Which is their upstairs, and the upstairs has a, a totally different vibe. It's mm-hmm. a little more, uh, I don't know, a little more... Uh, Nighttime. speakeasy After dinner. Um, yeah. And they do they do small plates, mm-hmm. flatbreads. Um, they do an amazing devils on horseback, which is uh, olive, or I'm not olive, dates. I'm sorry, dates stuffed with blue cheese. And, and then wrapped in... Wrapped with bacon, bacon. and then fried. Mm-hmm. So good, they uh, and then they make their own house-made gin and tonic. That is, it's delightful, incredible. And then we had a duck confit pizza there. Oh my goodness! Or duck confit yes. flatbread that was that was one of yes. the most rich, unctuous, amazing so appetizer flavorful. plates we've ever had. Yeah, and they also have a really good charcuterie. The, oh, they absolutely so, do. I'm just saying, we're suckers for good charcuterie. Yeah, it's not. It's a fantastic place. It holds a lot of a special place in our hearts because we've gone there for an anniversary celebration. We've gone there to carb load before your first half marathon coming back after knee surgery. Yes. Or the the one where you were really going to try and run mm-hmm. after knee surgery. I just... I can't say enough about it. There are other places in Key West that are fantastic. Oh, absolutely. You know, when you think about DJ's Clam Shack or the Wicked Lick for ice cream, that kind of thing. But uh, this place is a must. There are also a lot of places that that come and go on Duval Street because Duval is a tourist destination. and. A lot of times those places are there for a few years and then they go away. They're just kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to get as many tourist dollars as possible. This is mm-hmm. a place that is nice enough to go and, and have a nice time out. Mm-hmm. But they also give you that venue at, you know, upstairs if you're just having a casual night on Duval Street and you're wanting yeah. to go and just enjoy or you're maybe a, a tourist doing the Duval Crawl. That might be a place that you end up yes. you know, towards the end of the evening. So, yeah, yeah um, Key West, uh, I, can't beat it. I feel like we have to head in the complete opposite direction. Don't think you could get any further away from 915 than the place I think you're going to talk about. Well, I mean, there are a couple of places on that side of the country that we can talk about. I 
I want to talk about the place in California. And I know that you probably thought I was going to Alaska. I did. But I want to talk about that place in California because Sabroso is some of the best Mexican that we have had. Not only the best Mexican, because they're, but I like, I just, I absolutely love the family feel of that restaurant. I, and we, as a podcast, often neglect what people call the most important meal of the day. We do. We, we don't do enough breakfast yeah. on the show. We've, we'll have to correct that, you know, maybe throughout the rest of 2020 and maybe. heading into 2021. Yeah. But this place, it's magical. You run a race out there on the Disneyland property like we were talking about. And then you go back and you you change at your hotel and you head to Garden Grove, which is right around the corner from Disneyland. Yeah. Um, Garden Grove is a small municipality. It's it's literally five minutes from uh, from Disneyland, five, five, ten minutes tops. And it's a straight shot. And I miss them so much because their chilaquiles is amazing. And if you're not familiar with what that is, you're basically, the, the best description I could give it would be Mexican lasagna. Mm-hmm. This is layers of fried tortilla chips. Oh. They give you the option of red or green being the type of sauce that green they're going is the to best. put on it. Green is the best. Those layers have the sauce. They have shredded chicken. Oh, you mean you can get any meat you want, but shredded chicken. Shredded chicken is the way at? we go. Where it's at. And, and then they top it with fried eggs. Oh, it is. And, and, you, and more of the sauce and, and cheese. And the beans. And the beans that you get are different. They do a... a Instead of a thick refried bean, they do more a thinner bean that I believe has beer in the. I don't know. But then it's topped with cotija cheese. Yeah, and it, uh. it's amazing. That plate is amazing, but the people that serve you. I mean, we have gone back. Maybe it's been a year between. That was the dog. It's been a year between visits. And they remember us. They remember our names. They remember why we're there. It it, it couldn't be a more family-oriented restaurant like you're coming home. No, it really couldn't. And the, the food quality and quantity is Ugh. just incredible. If you leave hungry, it's your fault. And we rent, do the 13 miles. We come. We get the chilaquiles. We, you know, leave so satisfied. And it's just so flavorful. Yeah. You know, with the... You know, the longer that the chilaquiles sit, that that sauce that they top, it starts to soak in. So you, you get a little bit of a juxtaposition of some of the, the chips that have absorbed it and gotten a little softer. And the tortilla chips are like slivers of tortilla, not whole chips, which I love. It's but different. you also get the parts that haven't absorbed the, the, the sauce. So you get different textures. So you get different textures. Oh. But you get that amazing corn flavor. Then you get the, the chicken we always go with chicken. And then the, the green sauce is a tomatillo-based sauce, so that's got a nice tartness to it and yeah. you know, just a little bit of spice. Yeah. Uh, absolutely fantastic. 
Love but if, that. But if we're okay, fine. We're on the. We're gonna go on the west coast. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say let's go head north back up to Alaska. Oh. We had the chance to go run the uh, the Anchorage Run, run Fest. Fest. We yeah. did their one miler and their half marathon. That was, I believe, that was the f- first full. First complete half marathon that I walked following knee surgery. True. And it was just a fantastic experience. We were so amazed at how amazing the food and beverage scene is in Alaska or in that part of Alaska. Oh, Anchorage. That place is a mecca for great beer, but also terrific food. Yeah, I think that they... they Probably out of necessity, given what their, what their weather situation's like up there most of the year. Because they were telling us, oh, we're in the middle of a heat wave. And this is the race where they said they were under black flag conditions because the high was going to get into get to be like 70. Something like that. And we were just laughing. Um, <laughs> From Florida. <laughs> it was incredible. But, um, yeah, there was a, a brewery that we went to there called Matanuska Brewing. Loved and that. they had a tap room literally across the street from our hotel. Which was great. Walking distance, like 10 feet and you're there. And they had incredible beers on tap, oh. but they also had a kitchen that was cranking out just some amazing food. And they did a version, and there were two two of these that we found in the last couple of years that we really loved, but their version of a pot roast sandwich oh. was absolutely one of our favorites i mean open face giant open faced uh roll oh nice and crusty piled just piled high with probably not even exaggerating half half a pound of of shredded pot roast it was huge and the gravy that it was prepared in was just a dark rich um like a uh Oh, what would you call it? Like a demi-glaze type. That kind of consistency. You know, just shiny and rich <sighs> and beefy. And it was just stick to your ribs good. Homey, satisfying, comfort food. Yeah. And that was one of the dishes that really stood out for us up in um, Alaska. And <sighs> we would love to get back there. I hope so. And maybe do their their mayor's run next oh, year yeah. or something like that. Which was like just that. recently canceled. Yeah. So, you know, we're keeping our eyes open yeah. because I don't need much of an excuse to go back up to Alaska. Beautiful, picturesque, and fantastic food. Also great beer. Yes. But we, I mean, up there also, we had fantastic seafood. Well, yeah. Now, we, living in Florida, we are very spoiled. We have access to amazing fresh seafood we all do. the time. But yes. when you are talking about specifically crab, mm. even Floridians kind of have to, if you're going to have anything other than stone crab or blue crab, right? we kind of have to rely on, on bringing it in from colder weather areas of sure. the country. Yeah. And a lot of times it's Alaskan king crab, but there's nothing better than having it fresh off the boat. And you can at uh, the Glacier Brew House in Anchorage, Alaska, the way to celebrate completing a half marathon, a picturesque and beautiful half marathon with perfect weather conditions. (laughs) Maybe a little bit too, too windy, but that's okay. Just to have... The King Crab at Glacier Brew House, and it was so tender, so flavorful, 
the just the the way it came out of the shell as just one complete piece of meat and then it, it was flaky and the buttery goodness with a little bit of lemon. And, and you're talking legs that when you pull the meat from the leg, Huge. it's the size of a foot-long hot dog. It is. And it comes out intact because yes. they didn't overcook it. Yeah, it was so tender, so flavorful. It was amazing. And that environment at the Glacier Brew House was just, I mean, like a log cabin by the fire, fantastic. Yeah, Glacier Place. Brew House is a, is a more upscale brew house than say Matanuska. Matanuska mm. had a little more of a of a of a hard rock yeah. Uh, or rock and roll kind of feel to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Glacier was more of a nice sit-down place, but it was just gorgeous as mm-hmm. far as the um, the actual environment goes. Yeah. We had fantastic beers there. Mm-hmm. I ended up, my meal was not the king crab, oh, no. but it, the fish that I had there was amazing. Oh, yeah. And that seafood is so just. We really, really couldn't say enough good about that place. So Glacier Brew House, mm-hmm. get the king crab. Or yes. add it on to something you oh. you won't be disappointed at all. Yeah, I have to say, I have to have one more. One more. One more in Kentucky that came to us by way of Suzanne, who is a member of the Runcation Nation and a fantastic woman. Yes, she said you have to go to Poppies. Yes. Now this is in a different area of Kentucky. We went twice to Kentucky uh-huh. for the show. Once to Louisville, which we talked about earlier. With this, Jogging for Frogman. This time was Lexington mm-hmm. for the Run the Bluegrass. Yes. And when we came up, Suzanne set us up. So great. So many fantastic recommendations. And this is the one that I love because, again, it. I think it was a fairly new addition to their, um, th- they hadn't been open all that long to to their fantastic food scene in general. Mm-hmm. They're where they are. I mean, Marcos Valdez welcomed us with open arms. It was just such a family, a family friendly, you felt like you were coming home. Yeah, and he was just very giving of his time oh my and God. telling us, you know, these are a lot of his mom's recipes. Yeah. And then he experiments with some things as well. And some, oh. of the, some of the items that he had that were things you don't find in other Mexican restaurants. Right. And one of them, he, he had this uh, concoctions, the wrong word, but this creation, creation yes. this dish that was just this bubbly, ooey gooey combination of, Peppers, peppers and cheeses and it, it was probably one of the most memorable dishes and things that I find myself craving from time to time. I want it so much and I know that they just opened up a second location so congratulations to them there. Oh absolutely. But that's like a quick service, a quick takeout for great for the the working crowds in the college town but this appetizer that you have just spoken of mm-hmm. it makes, was magic it was magical it makes my mouth water i want it every day 
it's amazing. And that place is just one. It's so colorful. It's so vibrant. It's so fun. And you have to experience it. I can remember a picture of you toasting the camera with a margarita. That it's just so much fun. And it's so. right, just right off of the UK campus. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's in a great location. And we were not expecting, this is, this is the great thing about doing this show, is that we've had the opportunity to have so many tremendous finds yeah. of things you don't expect. No. And I did not go to Lexington, Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. You know, the, the seat of <sighs> professional horse racing. Right. To find some of the best Mexican I've ever had. But we did. But we did. So and we were really great, really yeah. grateful for the opportunity to talk with Marcos yes. and to go and enjoy just some fantastic food at Poppy's. So great. So we've had a lot of great food on the show. We really have, and we've done a lot of traveling. Yeah. Um, and before we go on and talk about our favorite beverages, we just wanted to let everybody know that. This being the start of year four, you know, we've started doing some new things. And part of that is including an opportunity or opportunities for you, the listeners and members of the Runcation Nation to become patrons of the show. And by doing so, that gives you an opportunity to help us keep the lights on. A lot of people have asked us, what can we do to support mm-hmm. you? And, you know, of course we have, you know, some swag in our store. So, sure. you know, bar keys and t-shirts and all that. But, you know, some folks are like, Hey, you know, I just, you know, I, I know you probably do better with, you know, or do a little bit better with other ways. And, you know, we started our, our Patreon program officially, you know, a couple months ago. I mean, we now. talked about James Gray earlier finding us when we had just set it up and then we were going to flesh it out later. Right. But he found us and he said, I love what you're doing. I Somebody should buy the donuts. Somebody should said. buy the donuts. <laughs> Somebody should support the great beer recommendations that you make. A lot of people have messaged us and said, hey, how can we support you? Because we love what you do and we love the community you create. Yeah. So on patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast, we have fan, founder, and insider levels from $2, $5, $10, and each level includes its own perks we're always going to do the show yeah the show is always going to be free this is just an opportunity if you feel so inclined to Mm -hmm. continue to support the show and enable us to continue traveling and doing these races and bringing you these great locations because it's a passion project for us Uh, we both have day jobs Mm -hmm. and you know just being able to hey, um, you know what, a couple bucks a month, well, you know what, that helps uh, pay for the hosting for the website or for bandwidth costs for hosting the podcast files or whatever the case may be. So, you know, anything that you can do, check them out. I think that uh, we've got three different levels, each with their own separate set of perks. Mm -hmm. And we can't thank you guys enough for continuing to support the show. I would also like to say that if you are a Podbean user, Podbean has its own separate um, patron program. The We've set it up on there as well. So if you prefer to stay in the Podbean ecosystem, you sure. can do so. Yes. Just on our podcast page, click on the Become a Patron button, and mm-hmm. you will see the exact same options that you would in Patreon. No different. 
and $10 Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a one or the other thing. Don't, please don't do both. I mean, (laughs) you could do both if you want, but But, um, we've set it up so that, that patrons, regardless of where you choose to become one, get the same experience. Yes. So once again, we can't thank our patrons of the show enough for supporting us and helping us bring you the runny drink podcast. Now, we've been sipping on some local brews from both oh, we have. Eight Foot Brewing and Fort Myers Brewing, and they're fantastic. But let's talk about a couple of others from other areas of the state, the country, favorites that we have discovered. You got, oh. any, got any? I I can't tell you. This is June. We're in June. And one of my favorite race experiences at... Eulalie in Tampa took place last year and brought us some of the greatest beer we've had and the greatest conversation with head brewer Tim Shackton. Tim was very welcoming and was just so fun to talk to. You could tell that he had an amazing amount of knowledge and passion for what he does there. And Eulalie is this beautiful restaurant right along the Tampa River Walk. It is part of the Columbia Restaurant Group. Yeah. But they went a totally different route in terms of their menu, but Mm -hmm. they embrace a lot of, uh, of ingredients that are native to Florida. Yes. And I I can't tell you, there are several beers that are on tap and available. I love the wedding beer. The wedding beer is pretty amazing, and we we did enjoy having some of that with Tim and oh. with our and with our meal. Oh yeah, we did. I mean, they have fantastic steak. They had a fantastic pork dish. Their their appetizers are awesome. They're incredible. But this wedding beer. It's light. It's it's Malty. not not really high on ABV, so it can be sessionable. Yeah, this uh, the wedding beer is described. Looking over here on Untapped, uh, <laughs> is five percent ABV, yeah. eighteen IBU. So not bitter at all, not hoppy in any way. And they call it a traditional unfiltered lager infused with a light blend of natural black and red berries. Fruit mm. balances with light malt and a delicate finish. Yeah. So it's not a dessert beer. It's it's just named for how it was founded. And and I'm also not really inclined to call it a fruited beer. I mean, it clearly is. Yes. But the, the fruit notes aren't really so pronounced. They're not overwhelming. No. I think that if you are a beer drinker that likes light beer, you would love it. And I and I also absolutely just love that it's connected to story for them that it was founded at a wedding and that's why yeah that it's called that not because it's a dessert or sweet or fruit beer and what i like about tim is he talks about that beer and he talks about how it helps to connect all of the the meal and bring everything closer and and create that um that amazing experience in the Eulalie restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. And he was very big on that. Yeah. Uh, and and telling that story. His interview was one of my favorites that we've done. Yeah, he's very connected to the team 
to the head chef, to everybody that creates that Ulele experience. And that the beer is a part of creating special times with family, special meals after a race that supports an amazing cause to fight colon cancer. Absolutely. And I just, which is why we were there for Richard's run. And I, I, I just, if you are in the Tampa area, Eulalie, right there on the Riverwalk, is one that you should check out oh absolutely yeah not only for their beer but for their meal but what i that beer and the chat with tim just uh, one of the favorite highlights for the past uh three years of our podcast absolutely yeah yeah i'm gonna throw one more beer in the mix yeah and, do it and it's only because um well i do love that beer and, <laughs> and, but there's another tie to tampa here yeah our first race on the show was the Tampa Beer Run, and mm -hmm. that's a fantastic uh, park run. It's a 5K yeah. with a beer sampling every three quarters of a mile. Which is fantastic. And when that one comes back, it's going to be fantastic I to do it. Uh, I, I cannot recommend that run enough. I will yeah. say it's one of the hottest runs that we, we do. True. It's muggy, hot, humid, but the beer makes it all worth it. Because it's summer. Yeah. The One of the first beers that we recorded any sort of audio or video of doing was an offering from a local Tampa brewery that has become near and dear to our hearts when they opened a Cape Coral tap room here in Cape Coral called Big Storm Brewing. Yes. And the beer that I am talking about is one of their core beers, and that is their... Wavemaker Amber Ale. Wavemaker Amber Ale. Yeah. Uh, Wavemaker, uh, we... At the time, you know, we're learning how to jug knew, juggle I, a camera yeah. while running and then trying to literally improv a description of the beer while you're panting, recovering from running, you know, being cognizant of your surroundings. He's being really nice to say that when we started describing beverages to you, I was like, I, I, I was like an infant and I have... I have grown and expanded my descriptors and gotten better at it. So I really feel like I haven't done that Wavemaker Amber Ale justice. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do an evaluation of it uh, when we the next time we go to Big Storm. Big Storm. Yeah. But on from the Big Storm site, uh, Wavemaker Amber is four point nine percent ABV, yeah. and it's a little more bitter than the the wedding beer that we were just talking about. This is twenty eight IBU on the International Bitterness Unit scale, but it's not overwhelmingly bitter. No, no, no. I mean, again, a little bit of bitterness balances out uh, everything the else. The malt. And and, you know, they talk about malty sweetness at yep. the front, transforming into moderate caramel flavors further on. Definitely. 100% true. Accurate. Year-round drinkability, mm -hmm. absolutely. So. Perfectly balanced with a subtle floral presence and pleasant hoppy bitterness. Yeah, it's... But not too hoppy. It, I really feel like not too hoppy. It's just that little tinge of bitterness yeah. on the end. Yeah. And they, they describe it as malty and smooth and balanced. Mm -hmm. Their suggested food pairings are wood-fired pizza, baby back ribs, and ice cream. Oh. So, and I could totally see that. So yeah. that is a fantastic beer. And I that I mentioned this one because it was, like I said, one of the very first beers that we ever covered. Yeah. And it tends to be in our regular rotation oh, in yes. one of the growlers here oh, at home now. absolutely. And I just, uh, 
Big Storm has been a big supporter of the show. They're they're not an official sponsor, but it's our home away from home, and we can't thank them enough. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I, we've also had good cocktails. We've also had some great non-alcoholic offerings. We have. You got any cocktails that jump out at you? <sighs> well, I mean... I have a hometown cocktail, and then I have one from California. Okay. I I would be remiss if I didn't say that one of our home, away from home places here locally would be Nice Guys Pizza. That is our original home away from home. Our original home away from home, and Greg and Jovana and everybody there just create this environment that just feels like home and family. If you're having a tough day, if you want to celebrate something, and what... One of my favorite cocktails that they have is the Pendennis, which is like a smoked old-fashioned. Yeah, and that's a, 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 one of the creations of one of their former bartenders. Mm-hmm. It is something that we indulge in if we're having a nice night out, big celebration. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, it's just a, an amazing cocktail that's so balanced. It hits all the right notes. Smoky. And it's got, they actually put on kind of a nice show. They're smoking mm-hmm. uh, cedar plank and smoking the glass before they pour it and you see this you can smell it being prepared across the the restaurant you can but if you're up at the bar and you get to watch them do it it's it's really great yes and then the other one was the master eyesight from that weekend that we did that the black widow half Mm -hmm. yes nick at mb post yep mb post in uh, Manhattan manhattan beach california he just i mean it had it, he had created this cocktail from the ground up and it had like some of that matcha and it was a little bit tart, a little bit sweet uh, and just a, a beautiful cocktail. It really was. Yeah. And I'm going to say that for cocktails for me, I am, a, I'm going to give two uh, probably from the same location. Oh, I'm going to go with the original Mai Tai. Oh, from Trader Vic's. Love it. Trader Vic's. So uh, good. When we stay for the race in Atlanta, um, Jeff Galloway's race, <sighs> uh, we tend to stay at the Hilton Atlanta, and, and they have one of the two remaining Trader Vic's locations in yes. the United States. And mm. Trader Vic's is the place that originated the Mai Tai. It's so great there. Oh my gosh. And if you're looking for just an amazingly fruity, uh, approachable Mm. cocktail made in the original manner Mm -hmm. with just a Mm -hmm. hint of that orgeat. Oh, that almond liqueur. Almond liqueur. Great. Uh, It's just fantastic. So good. And and I'm cheating by doing two from the same location, but honestly, I, I could pick probably a favorite in every state that of we've course. been to. Of course. Um, but I'm going to go with the second one for its theatricality from this exact same location. So Trader Vic's is getting a double shout out tonight. <gasps> oh, I know this one. And, and they serve their hot buttered rum. Oh, it's so good. In oh a giant skull mug. It's so fantastic. And we need to bring that home one day. It is a, it is a cold weather, warm your bones, after dinner beverage that is a combination. Mm. They make a, they literally make a compound butter with the warming spices of Christmas. It is. And 
they put that Christmas. butter in the glass mm-hmm. with hot water oh. rum and then a floater of 151 rum that they light on fire. Oh my gosh. So you've got this basically this flaming skull sitting on your table Fantastic. with with a uh, and you have a cinnamon stick to to stir it. Of course. You know, and it's like, you know, <laughs> you got the ghost rider's head right there it's and so it's so great. But we always get up to Atlanta in very cold weather. Oh yeah. In fact, we've made the mistake of dressing for Florida on the drive up and then oh. arriving in the middle of, of Georgia winter. Oh boy. So yeah, that mistakes have been made on the commute, but uh-huh. that beverage is just so warming and so comforting oh, and yeah. a great way to end the meal. So I'm giving them the double shout out. I also I totally support that. I appreciate them as far as their culinary legacy and oh. significance in terms of tiki culture. Yes. And can't say enough good about their food either. But oh, it's great food, yeah. I'm going to keep it to those two. Sure. Now, what about non-alcoholic? I mean, you know how we love coffee. A little bit. And I think that a couple of coffees that we have had very recently, we have been so lucky to talk to Caleb McPherson from Narrative Coffee Roasters. Yes. And it was so great to listen to you all geek out about coffee. But this also comes to mind because this man is one of the hardest working people I know. And they have just opened their coffee shop in the Mercado in Naples. Right. In the Mercado Mall in Naples. And we got the chance to head there the other day and see it. It's a beautiful location. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've really busted their butts to get that place open and looking amazing. And Mm -hmm. I think that we were there on their opening day. Day? Yeah, they had a soft open and then we were there on, I think, the official first day. And it was running super smooth. And so busy. And we're so glad that they're supported because the... The coffee itself, the Costa Rican coffee that we have had, that we had this morning. The Costa Rica Tira Terrazzo. Was, it's so smooth. It's such great coffee flavor. I'm sure you could get more specific and technical, but I just love the way it tastes. Costa Rican Terrazzo is one of my favorite varietals of all time bar none and then mm. when i found out he had it i'm like and i said get it yes it. yes and and when you made it this morning you're like i'm not gonna tell you what this is and i just took one sip and went costa rican of course I, I, I know that one yeah it is just the smoothest richest most balanced cup i think that you're gonna get and he does such a great job of roasting that bean according to what that particular batch of beans needs. He doesn't do a mass roasting where, you know, he's going for high volume and sacrificing what, you know, differences in time, temperature, weather are are going to cause in a particular batch of beans. So I just have the utmost respect for the product that he's turning out, and I'm just really happy yeah. that that launch appears to have gone as well as it did. Such a great guy, such a hard worker, and such and he great kept us, coffee. kept us in coffee during all of this when uh-huh. we were locked down. So oh, yeah. thank you so much for that. And I would be remiss also if during during this whole situation that we've had very recently, we had the cancellation of our Star Wars uh, Disney Marathon weekend. We did. 
the rival run weekend. And I will tell you that Expedition Roasters, that they do wonderful themed and delicious coffee. Oh, they really do. Yeah. And I'm not a uh, flavored coffee fan normally. Yeah. And Expedition is also responsible for keeping us in fantastic coffee during this time, but also helping us celebrate Disney at home. Yes. When we could not run there. Yeah, that was really the whole... Uh, we, we discovered Expedition Roasters thanks to one of our listeners who yes, turned Jen. us on to them. And we decided to get a sampling. And then we also had them on our show as well. Eric Cantor, who is the proprietor. And I say proprietor because, I mean, one of my favorite roasts is the the prospector's roast Mm -hmm. which just brings you right back to the disney park so i proprietor i feel like just takes you back into that disney theme and he was one of the first he the very first to offer our runcation nation a discount code ever surprised us with it on uh, yeah, we had no idea. And right before we went to record the interview, he's like, yeah, we'll just, we'll do a 15% off code red and not code red, but the discount code discount is code. Yeah. R-E-D. But uh, we couldn't thank him enough. And he was just so gen- generous with his time and genuine. And you could tell his love of coffee, his love of tea. They, they have some great tea also. They just launched Hook's Revenge. That's a new one that they just released. And Devilish Dame. And I know you just ordered some coffee. Did you get either of those in the coming order? I might have. Oh. I might have. So we'll have to try those. But I I would think the Gold Rush Churro, the Prospector's Roast, was one of my favorites. And we just learned uh, recently from our listeners that the Skipper's Brew uh, Jungle Banana Pie. Mm Mm-hmm. As much as we enjoyed it, we were told that the way to do that one is cold brew. Yeah, so we're on it. We got to have it. So I can't wait to give that a shot. But I I just think, you know, narrative coffee roasters and expedition coffee roasters, it's great coffee and great people behind the brew. Absolutely. So we can't thank them enough in terms of non-alcoholic offerings. Now, that's a whole lot of looking back. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. But as you know, you often do on a anniversary or a birthday and all that, you start looking about what you want to do in the future. A podiversary. A podiversary. What are, and one of our listeners posed the question, what are your future plans? What are your future plans for the upcoming year of the show? Right. Now that we're launching into the fourth official year fifth official year whatever and i chief creative officer i think you know we just got out of the drink segment of our show looking back we've done a lot of great beer we've done a lot of great cocktails great non-alcoholic offerings like coffee and tea coffee and tea i mean we had great coffee from big storm coffee as well but an area that we have neglected has been wine yeah, that's true. I mean, I've done some reading, but we we haven't ordered any on the show that I can think of. Mm-mm. Not not counting sangria. Sangria, right? But just so, wine so itself. Just, right. So that yeah, that would be a great place that we could do expand. something and grow. We could grow and expand there. Yes. What about you? 
Um, well, I'd like for us to actually get out of the house, <laughs> actually yes. go somewhere and oh. actually run a real race. I would too. So, uh, looking forward, of course, for 2020, yes. I think, uh, we are fingers crossed, maybe going to be finishing your road to Chicago. If not, we are planning our upcoming running of the Walt Disney World Marathon, which yes. we are officially registered for. And we have to share an upcoming interview that leads, that, that will show everybody why you are committed now. Yes. yes. Didn't we, do, have we not told people why I committed to running a race? We did, but we haven't shared the interview that we were lucky enough to get. Right. We do have a, a that interview coming with Chef Art Smith, yes. the the man, the myth, the legend, oh. who who he and Amy were like, yeah, let's let's run the Disney Marathon together. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so we hope to run that. I'd like to say that it was peer pressured, but it was just more like, well, if Chef Art Smith wants to run it, how could I say no? Right. So we're going to be running that with Chef Art Smith. Mm. So that's coming up. And, yes. And that's in the beginning of 2021. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, of course, the, the running of Donna. Potential, oh, of course. Potentially yeah. doing the treasured chest challenge again and running running the uh, and I certainly the Gasparilla back in Tampa yeah. and then seeing what other races are starting to become available. Yes, and I really hope that we can end twenty twenty with Jeff's race. I hope that that comes to fruition. Me too. Yeah, in terms of running, in terms of the the whole drinking portion of our show, and you know, eating. I just want I, I want to explore more more that we can bring to our listeners. Absolutely. Including a brand new founder for our Patreon program. Yes. Nancy Bagliani was yes. kind enough to sign up via Patreon as a founder. We have added Nancy's name to our patron wall at runeatdrink.net. Indeed. We cannot thank you enough, Nancy, for jumping in at the founder level, which is $5 a month. You are awesome. Yes. And that is going to be just amazingly helpful in keeping the lights on and the bandwidth flowing. So next week, we mm -hmm. have another training run. I might actually finish the 30K challenge that yes. I started two weeks ago. You will. Um, I... We'll definitely give you guys the update on that. Mm -hmm. um, I also may have a little bit of something different. I may have a product review for people. Really? Yeah. Mm. Stay tuned. Okay. So. Something he hasn't even told me about. Haven't even told you about. Nope. Got no idea. So that may be. There are new episodes definitely coming up next week. Yeah. Um, stay tuned to see if I do a product review. Right. And listen. If you love what you hear and you want to help us keep the lights on and support the show, like we said earlier, we have a patron program at uh, patreon.com slash runny drink podcast. There are multiple patronage levels from two to $10 each with their own special perks. And we can't thank you all enough for your support of the show. If you're a Podbean user, you can also access those levels at patron.podbean.com slash runnydrinkpodcast, or you can tap on the Become a Patron button right on our podcast page in Podbean. And we can't thank you guys enough for joining us on your long run, your commute to work, or around the house while you're doing housework, or really wherever you are. 
Thanks for helping us celebrate the anniversary of our show. We're very excited. We can't wait to bring you a fourth year yes. of the show yes. as we head forward and see what this the rest of this year and next year has to offer. So thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Stay safe, stay well, and we will talk to you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.